Hello, 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 well articulators. We are back with our interview sessions of our new teammates. So Jessica, we just had our part one, and uh, Dr. Tersky, we had hers in the past uh, episodes, within the 30 episodes we had last year. So right now we're gonna bring Harry on board and we're gonna hear why he wanted to join dental school, or what inspired him, why he wanted to become a dentist, or what got him in the teeth, why? Mm -hmm. So, I guess, like many, my journey started with my orthodontist. Uh, apparently, this is actually a pretty common story, so I'm not going to tout being too unique with it. <laughs> and it's always but, uh, Okay, that's the interview. Thanks, Harry. That's fantastic. Thank you. Good job, orthodontist. And here I am, straight teeth, a little more confident. But uh, so I think I was probably 12. I had a big one fang, missing my canines, all that nice stuff. I had a nice eye tooth on the left side. Constricted so arch. Oh, mm, yeah, I had a palate expander. That was my first exposure. Uh, I was a very tiny child. I was uh, probably five feet when I started high school. And uh, yeah, so I was a little kid. And uh, I had a small mouth, hence orthodontics were needed. And um, how was your oral health care? Horrible. With ortho? Cavities on every single tooth oh. before the braces. And um, didn't really have any feelings towards my dentist. I was a good patient, but really didn't have any even association between dentistry and orthodontics when I started. Small world kid. But then uh, I had such a good experience with my orthodontist. I really I think I grew as I had them. And then when I got them off, I just had a confidence boost that I'd like really wanted to instill in other people. Cause I think, uh, yeah, I was a class clown. I definitely was silly and very self-deprecating in my humor mm -hmm. and had probably not a very stable self-image. So I think it really helped once I went through my orthodontics and then I actually asked to shadow my orthodontist when I was in junior year of high school. Mm. And since then I had just a interesting experience shadowing him. I just thought it was really fun. I loved the hands-on aspect that Jessica was talking about. I think it made it just something I could see myself doing because I loved science. I loved, you know, all the, you know, textbook diagnosis knowledge that was based in it but then something a career that ended in just that kind of sounded boring like maybe I didn't think enough of my brain alone to be what would support me but uh when I also thought like oh I'm coordinated I have pretty good hands I played piano for like mm -hmm. probably like 12 years mm -hmm. and so Definitely had that under my belt. I was uh, athletic. I just had decent hands. I was artistic. I could like copy an image pretty well. And so all those skills. And then definitely my family is very structure-based. I did a lot of construction since I was a child. Since I was about 10, my family used me as a contractor, me and my brother, to uh, build all our houses. <laughs> Every Saturday, we probably spent like two to three hours, maybe four, just uh, digging perimeter drains or cutting boards and. Now you're doing it on everything. teeth. 
And now it's a much smaller scale. Yeah. You're doing plumbing. You're doing excavation. So this shovel. Both like that kind of like construction logic does transfer. Even like just all the minimum of thicknesses of a crown or things like that just mm -hmm. all of that aspect a lot of engineers architects in the family so i think the structural fascination was there too but during jessica's interview when you were saying how like you know you're a perfectionist i actually never considered myself much of a perfectionist however uh when dr kirsky was saying like you know you always try your best you always strive per strive for perfection that actually hit a bell because I think I've definitely always been, except, you know, in the context of like sports or like activities with friends, it was always definitely more of a like, oh, you're really competitive. And I'm like, it's not, I, I was never like, you know, a sore loser or like a, you know, bad winner. It was just that I always tried my hardest yeah. and definitely sometimes there's not a place for that if you're playing against like someone who's brand new to a game. <laughs> and, yeah. and so then it's just like, oh, you're really competitive. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, I just was doing my best. <laughs> and uh, I think that habit at least was a really good dentist habit that I had. Agreed. The, the only yeah. thing I would say, you know, to follow up on the first podcast we did the only thing about that trait, you all have to remember, um, because no one's perfect, you know, some days you will come home from the office and you will have done something that you may feel within yourself fell short of, mm -hmm. of what you, and that can, if you know, because we're striving to do our best, at least for me, you know, it, it, you go home and it, and it bothers you. Now, again, I think that's a very good trait for a dentist to have. If you're still thinking about, well, maybe I could have done a little better, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. The point is, you know, you're just always striving to do the best that you can. And I suppose if, if you feel that you fell short in some some way, it, it just shows that you are caring. You're not going home and saying, I don't care. You know, and I think it's really important. But it's important to know that, you know, it's not always going to be But be careful if you bring it home with yourself, your significant other, or your better half. you got to be very careful not to share it with them. Because I shared basically 12 years every night with Lisa, and she kind of dreaded me for it. You know, it's like every night I got home, I'm like, oh, my God, this happened, this happened, this happened. But, you know, that's... Learning experiences I had. Uh, he doesn't listen to what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Lisa listened to any house one year out the other, any house. I definitely. So uh, you you had a very <laughs> you had you had a good family that was you know really structured and they they had you you know they were my mom was an artist my yeah. grandma's an artist what kind of my art great grandma's like a concert pianist so there's always that's a lot amazing. of like yeah. arts yeah. <laughs> and, and that's my why you go with your hands they're all the engineering yeah stuff. so. I've There's seen it. I've seen the good hands in the chair. You've <laughs> done very well with the patients I've seen you work on. So, Luckily, even my family, they're like abstract. 
art, so luckily mm -hmm. I go for a little more predictable, less abstracts on the teeth. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could go that way sometimes, you know, a little initials in there or something. You look at that occlusal class one prep, and yeah. it's just like, but once I came into college I really just followed on the track I knew I wanted to do dentistry the whole time and that just flew by I did um, I was in leadership for the tennis club throughout college so mm -hmm. I didn't do too much dental club work mm -hmm. and that kept me busy and come leaving college I took a couple years off and I worked in an office that was pretty much exclusively all on fours. So that was talk about impactful dentistry, was, <laughs> you know, people come in one day having no teeth or even worse, like some teeth that are just bottomed out. We were talking about meth mouth earlier a little bit, definitely plenty of those. And so seeing the complete rehab was definitely a very extreme side of dentistry. So I think I, Spoiled myself a little bit there, seeing that degree of things. And then, you know, now I'm in the stage where, you know, I do a filling and I think more of the satisfaction's on my end than theirs. But, How uh, was your transition, though, from uh, pre-clinic to clinic a year and a half ago, a year ago? Um, was that a hard transition for you from going to a mannequin head and to a yeah, live patient so and you know, actually, patient management? Um, I think I did. I shivered a little bit for my first time doing an injection of all things. And that was about the only thing that I really had a hard time with. That one was a uh, first time I shiv I like shivered, picked at their lip tiny bit, and then they just said, nope. And I was like, I respect that. And so I gave it to someone else. <laughs> I just gave it to someone else. So I was like, if someone did that, I'd say the same thing. So you know what? This guy's going to do your injection. But then after that event, which I think was in my within the first week, um, after that, everything went pretty smoothly. I think it was, uh, there's definitely a mental hurdle there, though. But I think other skills, like I had done a lot of weird, like make a tooth out of composite in someone's mouth from when I was working as an assistant. I used high speed drills. What state? Definitely some <laughs> drilling, even when I wasn't technically a dentist. So I think a lot of drill comfort was there, unfortunately. <laughs> But um, it but wasn't in on the practices. Yeah. They do do some slow speed, and unfortunately, they do get some high speeds in there to remove the composite. And unfortunately, I've seen some ortho cases, and they still have composite on the teeth after they oh, remove yeah. the braces. So yeah, and guess what? I think yeah. I still have some of that. I just yeah, found yeah. out about it actually mm -hmm. recently. Yeah, it's, well, it's well, kind of horrible. Especially after you spend all that it's money terrible. and spend all that time in the right. chair, and the orthodontist is that yeah, lazy. Right? It's like, oh. but and I'm not ripping on it. Imagine it took me going to dental school to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Imagine normal people. Like, I mean, I've picked it off a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you're scaling, yeah. and then you're like, oh, that's that's yeah. not calculus. Oh, that is that's body. Yeah, that is body. And the best is when I get cleanings, they never even told me. Yeah. All you gotta do is just use a you know high speed with no water in. 30 40 percent and you just yeah. shave it off yeah. you see the powder you won't ruin the enamel at all you just mm -hmm. and it's so pretty 
So I have a question that might show my age and how long ago I graduated from dental school, but when you were talked about giving your first injection, did you practice on each other before you practiced on? We did. Okay. I definitely. We'll do that. Good to know. We still luckily do stab lab. <laughs> but uh, when it was a patient, it was my, that was when yeah. I was getting shivery. My, my friend was fine. I numbed him up of just great. <laughs> so how many times did you like get to practice before you went into actual clinic? Or? Once. Just once. See, I only practiced one injection. Yeah, I think it was like a buckle infiltration. I didn't do yeah. a block or anything. So it was very, you know... I wonder why they choose to do it like so little you know like why because they mm -hmm. prepare us so much before like you're drilling from the first day you start almost dental school like you're doing a lot of that so over time it's okay repetitive action with your hands like you're getting you got so used to it that oh like this will be simple on like an actual person maybe you know oh, yeah. but that's but I what I saw in clinic that I did yeah. I was so dismayed the past couple of years it's just like is your patient numb enough? <laughs> I see those feet kicking. I see the eyes rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should make sure they're numb. Feet is that kicking is uh, up is a sign. Yeah, yeah, feet kicking and eye rolling is not a good thing. Maybe we should give a little more anesthetic or get the hammer out. Yeah, right. <laughs> the rubber mallet. Some people say yes to that, but not all of them. <laughs> what year time. are you uh, in school? I'm in my fourth year, so oh, just nice. closing out in May. What are you planning on doing? Um, I'd like to find a place that will take me, and ideally one that is uh, a little bit more lenient in their, like, uh, I know you have that expectation of generating a lot of money, and I've, you know, I know the corporate uh, stereotype of wanting you to just crank a certain number every day. Um, maybe some ways that is a little more humane. A smaller practice would be ideal, but I know that can be hard to find in Chicago, especially with how much is being turned over lately. But that's probably what I'd be looking for. I think we just found podcast number three, Subject Man. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We can end this pretty soon. Um, so I but originally, yeah. And I eventually I got waitlisted, and then I was unwaitlisted like a day later. Wow. So it was they just do that to jerk on your heart. <laughs> <laughs> but you're originally from Boston, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, you so I'm got yourself over here in Bostonian Chicago. Bostonian in the Midwestern pond. Gotcha. <laughs> goes the other way. I have so many friends that grew up here and ended up in Boston, Boston. and never left because mm. everyone loves Boston so much. Yeah, I hear it's beautiful. I've never been. <laughs> I wish I could go back, but I think I probably need about 15 years of practicing as a dentist to have the finances to move back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the East it's Coast. It's not what it used to be in terms of getting in. So. Mm. Well, we got you here in Chicago, so yep. you got some big back. wings now. So <laughs> we love having you here, Harry. So thank you, thank so much. you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Yes. Ooh.